Welcome to the Interviews Podcast. Welcome, Interisti, to episode 72 of the Interviews podcast. We are here for the post-match reaction of Inter-Atalanta at the San Siro, which finishes 4-0 to the hosts. Goals from Matteo Darmian in the 26th, Lautaro Martinez with a world-class goal in the 46th, Di Marco in the 54th, and Davide Fratesi in the 71st. Inter's third straight 4 nothing win. Um, ridiculous, ridiculous stuff from this team who, um, we are no longer under the radar by any means across Europe, across the world. Uh, a lot of people have been chiming in about this team. I don't know how, how I feel about it. I, I don't think I love it. But uh, but we'll get into all of that. As always, I'm one half of your co-hosting duo, Alessandro Rafa, joined here by Johnny Paterno. Johnny, um, I guess the the first place that we should go ahead and and touch on three straight four nothing victories, a twelve point lead at the top of Serie A. Is this thing all but wrapped up at this point? In my opinion, it was over when we beat Juve. To be quite honest. I think that that defeated them mentally and just really made them feel like they were completely out of it. So now it's like we could just focus on Champions League, right? Really just coast in the league. I don't think anyone can really compete with us, even with our B team out there. So yeah, let's just uh, let's go for that that modified treble since the Supercoppa is in the Coppa Italia, but it pays better. So let's lock that up, right? I think that, like, you know, when you mentioned the B team, I think that for me gives me the biggest confidence um, about being able to to just maintain this form and and um, lock up the league, you know, with several rounds to play because we have already, we're, we've been suffering through the injuries, right? We have Acerbi out, we have Chalnoglu out, we have Duram out. Somer missed the game. Um, we've just had a number of, you know, rotation members come into the team, rotation players come into the team in recent games, and we're still at the the very top of our form. So it, it gives you the confidence that you can continue to weather the storm throughout the season. Obviously, there are players that we can't afford to lose, you know, such as Lautaro. Um, you know, hopefully Turam comes back soon if that was the case, but you know, it, it's this team has quality up and down the lineup. It's not necessarily the the starting eleven that's able to get it done. Like when you have guys like Carlos Augusto, you know, seamlessly slotting into the team. When you have Aslani coming on and playing the way that he's been playing, it gives you real confidence that you know we have the depth to be able to to weather the storm ahead of us if there is a storm to come. So, good vibes all around. Um, some. There are some folks out there that want to bring down the vibes, and I think that's where we can go ahead and, and start with this game. So first half uh, begins, Atalanta starts the game, you know, on the front foot. Inter takes a little bit of time to uh, to get into it. And after this action is when Inter really got into it, but uh, Atalanta has an off has a goal disallowed uh, from Charles de Quetelar. De um, the... Here's what I'll say. The 
handball um, from Miranchuk. It is it is a handball. Like it it hits his arm. I can understand someone being like, "Oh wow, that is that's super lucky," because it just barely grazes his arm. Like I, I understand, you know, there there being a sense of like, "Okay, we got away with one." Like not not necessarily the application of the rule was was incorrect. It was correct, um, but I get it being like, "Oh, okay, that that's you guys got lucky." Like I understand that, but for <laughs> There's this guy at Calcio Pundit that claims to be a very knowledgeable guy that was just <laughs> losing his mind, um, claiming Marotta League. I mean, how have, can you have claim... you seen that many tweets? Like, it's just I, I, when there's been times I've been upset or annoyed with Juve or Milan, I don't think I've gone on a rampage like that. And by rampage, I shouldn't even say rampage. It's not like he was really doing anything. Like he was, nobody was agreeing with him. I didn't see any likes on any of those tweets, but he was just yeah, nonstop firing them off. It, both of both of the VAR like actions today, they're not controversial. Like the the application of the rule was correct, but I understand it feeling a little bit cheap when like it barely grazes Miranchuk's arm. Okay, I get it. The second action, which we'll get into um, a little bit later on in more in depth, but it um the ball barely stays in, like just stays in. It still stayed in, but like I I get. There being the people that are claiming Marotta League and the people that have been saying that the refs have been favoring us all year, like I understand why they jumped all over those two actions because they were, you know, they were right there. But it's still the the game was called correctly, so it is what it is. I mean, if anything, you can say that uh, the referee should have given a second yellow to to Ederson, which didn't happen. So, you know that. But that doesn't push the agenda. You can't say that, you know? Right. Right. So <clears throat> Inter uh I don't I don't want to say gets away with one, but the rules applied correctly and um and Atalanta's first goal is um is uh taken off. So then we pick up the game, you know, we get we start getting into gear. Uh we actually have a goal that is disallowed as well, another bastoni to Barella. A uh, long ball, but a la rounds. Karnaseki puts it into the back of the net, but he was uh, offside. No, no complaints there. And then I we break through. I think he was on. No, you kidding. think he was on? Nah, nah. Yeah, he was. Uh, he knew it, and there were no, there were no complaints. There was no um, uh, arms up in the air over anything like that. In the 26th minute, we finally break through. Um, a beautiful play where, if you're watching the play unfold, Aslani. Pulls himself out wide to allow Lataro to drop into space. Lataro receives the ball. Beautiful turn. Plays in an on-rushing Mikitarian who, um, you know, Karnaseki gets down well to save the initial shot. But Darmian is perfectly placed in the right position and slots it away. Um, Darmian, let's talk about him a little bit. I think there was a dip in form when he was playing all of the time. Now you see that he was able to sit for a little bit. Dumfries comes into the game and comes in the last couple games and gives us some good minutes. And now Darmian is is back getting involved going forward and having his influence on the team. Do you think that his form at his age, it's a matter of like he can't play all the time or else he's not going to look his best? Or was it just simply a dip in form and and now he's uh, he's back? I think it was just a dip in form. 
you know, I think he also heard um, all the mean things that Nima said on the Italian football podcast about him and his concern about the drop-off in his play. Um, yeah, I would say Nima owes him an apology on the next episode because this is what I expect from Matty Darms. You know, this is the kind of player that he can be. I do still think that he can offer stuff offensively, not saying he's going to be like a game-changing player or, you know, taking on his defenders like he's a prime Ronaldinho or something, but the guy can still can still chip in with goals. He can still chip in with assists. And it was nice to see him. And and the, the passion that he has for the club and the love that he has for the club is just another thing that you have to appreciate about him because, you know, he came at a time where he was unheralded. He was nobody was there to to greet him when he arrived. And now he's probably done more than some of the people that came around the same time as him, which is just a testament to the kind of player and, and professional he is. And yeah, Darmian is probably going to go down as one of my favorite players in the, in like the grouping of, of guys who just, you know, were a notch below the best ones of, you know, the Vieris and, and the Adrianos and Milito, Schneider, all that stuff. But he'll be right there. Like not like the, the, the super, but the guy who kind of was, uh, the glue that kind of kept it all together like a servant of the club like a just a complete and total yeah. professional that you know like always showed up 2.0 yeah yeah but with with more like actual output um yeah. than yeah, yeah, yeah. d'ambrosio had do you think he's a lock to make the euros <sighs> that i don't know you know I, I like him i like him a lot i just don't know like what's you think about who's going to be on that right side, right? Guys like Cambiasso, uh, Di Lorenzo. Does he really Bella like make Nova. it? Be- oh, gosh, yeah, Bellanova. Thank you for bringing that up. Thank you for bringing that up because that's a an opportunity missed. And who knows? Maybe we sell, you know, <clears throat> a certain guy on the right side. And you, get, you, know, you get Bellanova back, and then you got Bellanova Buchanan. Holy cannoli! Anyway, yeah, Bellanova, uh, like. I want to talk about Bellanova later in the episode because sure, okay. there, there is a debate around whether or not it was a mistake, and I have one <clears throat> idea, and it sounds like you have another idea. So let's we'll we'll get into that. Okay. Um, but yeah, anyway, think, maybe as a as a center back option, maybe. But still, like, there's guys like Calaf- Calafiori and Bongiorno, and uh, as much as I like Darmian, I think it's like for the national team. I think it's time to usher in, let the new guys get a chance to represent their country at, at this tournament, especially when you, you see all the other countries that are considered real contenders for the Euros, they're not going to hang on to the old guard. They're, they're, they're bringing in the new players as well and, and giving them opportunities. I think he's going to make it strictly for two reasons. A, his experience. I think Luciano is going to value that. And B, the versatility. Whether he wants to play with four at the back or three at the back, Darmian is is an option in either system. Um, you know, maybe not. He's not going to be starting, but I think he's going to take him as a as a rotation option and and sort of you know a per, uh, a player who can play it safe and keep things tight if we need it. So um, it's good to see him. You know, get back into form. He actually almost scored a second goal. Um, a nice counter from Inter. Lautaro Lautaro lays it off for Darmian. 
Um, but he plays it right at at Kadanaseki yeah. and sort of makes Didn't it pick easy a corner. for him. All you had to yeah. do was pick a corner. Yeah, it's tough for those guys that you know they don't find themselves in those positions so often, and you sort of it's the same thing with Barella. Like get get so excited in front of goal that you're not necessarily uh, placing it exactly where you need to. Um, that happens in the 29th minute. In the 40th minute, Lautaro goes uh, off the bar. He hits a volley, crashes against the top of the woodwork. You can see that he's feeling it, and eventually he gets his his goal, his 23rd or 24th of the season uh, in Serie A. In the 45th minute, um, gets a ball on the... Di Marco latches onto a long ball from, I believe it was Pavard or someone, plays him. Um, on the right-hand side, he gets around Karneseki, plays a ball across to Lautaro. Lautaro miscontrols it a little bit and turns onto his left and lashes it right into the top corner, an unstoppable strike. And just like, we've seen him score world-class goals. This season has been, he's been in his bag with pretty much everything. We've seen him score left foot, right foot, uh, headers, like no matter what, when he gets an opportunity, he's been putting it away, and um, he's really making his case for that uh, that um, Ballon d'Or, you know. Yeah, I mean, listen. In my opinion, it, it's his to lose. Now, whether or not the rest of the world—and by world, I mean Europe—agrees is is up for debate, of course. But a left-footed strike from where where he is on the edge of the box there. This is weak foot, and he puts that in beautifully. He he just can't be stopped. He's been robbed of a few assists because of guys being unable to finish. He he, you know, people will kind of try to point at um all, but you know, look at his goal assist numbers. All of that's really being carried by goals. And then you could also look. I mean, we'll, we'll probably get into it too about the penalty, but he'd probably even have more if he knew how to take penalties. It's it's just crazy what what he's been able to do. Man, the the jump up, like this is what we were waiting for for him to get to this level. We've seen the potential. We've seen his ability to 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 score brilliant goals, to take on his man, to to be able to control the ball with his amazing first touch. Um, now the finishing's there. It's like, thank goodness. And, and who knows? Maybe maybe uh maybe he'll be able to make up for, for the Champions League final in a sense that, you know, like he'll be able to do what uh, Milito did for us. Yeah, hopefully he gets a, a second crack at it. But obviously Lautaro, an indispensable player for us. Um, we'll talk about uh, a defect in his game here in a little bit, but Inter goes into the break. 2 nothing up, um, you know, confident lead over a team that's fighting for fourth place. And in the 51st minute, Di Marco plays a, a ball, miss hits across across the box that looks like it may go out for a second, bounces on the um, the goal line, but comes back in and Dumfries plays the ball across and there's a, a handball on Hatabar. He didn't, you know, bring his arm to his side. The VAR looked at this for a long time. There were a couple, there, the thing that was, indisputable was the handball it obviously was a handball on Hatabor. i think they were looking whether or not it went uh over the line it stayed in play and then there was the other sort of thing to look at where the linesman lifted up his flag um 
to indicate the, that the ball had crossed over, but the ref had never blown his whistle. And the, the that's the key thing ultimately is like you play to the ref's whistle. And also the, the linesman lifting up his flag doesn't affect the fact that Hatabor stopped stop the ball with his hand. And eventually after what seemed like, a, you know, a five minute bar check, Inter gets the penalty. Um, Hakan not playing, so the penalty goes to Lautaro, who uh, misses <laughs> or has it saved by Carneseki. Luckily for Inter, Di Marco made an awesome run into the box where he sort of took like an angle that played him in perfectly to the rebound, and he slops, slots it past Carneseki for, for the 3-0. A couple things. So first... If Inter is in a penalty situation, right, um, you know, where we have our five, are you <laughs> Hakan slots away the first, or maybe he has to take the fifth, whatever. Let's just call the scenario Hakan puts away the let, first. Let, let's go, let's go over the five guys we would want. Okay. If we were if we were the ones making the decision, I'll let you go first. Pick your five, your five shooters. Assuming all 11 starters are on the pitch. Okay. So the five would be, obviously, one would be Hakan. Yep. Lautaro is taking a penalty no matter what. Even with his record, he's going to go up there and take a penalty Mm -hmm. no matter what. I would agree. I mean, yes, the numbers are terrible. But yes, I mean, go ahead. So then I think the ones that you're deciding amongst are Turam, Mkhitaryan, Barella, Di Marco... Bastoni and Pavard. So those six. So out of those six, you need to get four more. I think DiMarco probably takes one. DiMarco's definitely taking one for me. Yeah. Yeah. I think DiMarco's probably taking one. I think Mikitarian is probably taking one as well. I'm not ha- me personally, I'm not having Mickey take one. Okay. For me, I'm, a, I'm going I'm, go ahead, finish yours. I'm gonna go so I'm gonna go Hakan, Lauti, DiMarco, Mickey. And then it's Pavard and Duram. I mean, I guess you favor the striker in that situation. So I guess you go Duram. So I'm going Hakan first, Lautaro second. And I'm going Lautaro second because if he misses, then you got three more opportunities and hopefully your keeper can make a save. And yep. we have Jan Sommer and I feel very good about him on penalties. Yep. So I'm going Hakan, Lautaro, Di Marco, Turam Bastoni. Bastoni. I'm letting Bastoni take the, the fifth one. Kind of like uh, Grosso being the <laughs> left footed defender. Materazzi, you know, like yeah, in, in, in oh, terms yeah, of center yeah. backs, you know, we. Materazzi was actually almost automatic on penalties. Yeah, like, he was. so I I would <laughs> maybe maybe Bastoni can have the the same type of a uh, goal scoring record back there. But yeah, that's um. Hopefully, we never have to go to. I don't think my heart could t- like. If yeah. The way I reacted with Italy in '06, Italy in the the Euros in 2021. If Inter were ever in a penalty shootout, like a Champions League final or something, I don't I don't know what I would do. I don't. Well, know. yeah. Also, because that's the worst place to be because you. You know, it's it's chance, it's penalties. Like it's just who's who's got it that day. Um, oh man, Oof. Barella wouldn't take a penalty for you. 
No. The thing is that we just don't know. Like we just haven't seen. We haven't seen him, but like with the way we've seen DiMarco gets... take take a PK, which I think he missed. He did a miss a while it. ago. Yeah, he missed it against Atalanta, which uh, you know you can make an argument cost us the the Serie A title that year. Um, one of the actions. One of the actions. You could make an yeah, argument. Yeah. I mean, yeah, obviously everyone's gonna point to Radu, but I I've, I've always brought up the DiMarco miss. The the that game against Genoa where it ended nil nil. Um, so many. I mean, there's other opportunities. You you could blame Radu. You want like everyone wants to point to Radu and listen. He was terrible. Yeah, but there are other things that happened that season. That listen, we lost a title by one point. Really, two points because even if we we tied them on points, they would have won on a tiebreaker. But yeah, that's uh, anyway. Di Marco, I feel more confident with though. Barella, as much as I love him, when it comes to shooting and having time to think and shoot, I just don't. I don't trust. I, I picture him like just clanging it off the post, like just. Yeah, I, I think he goes like full power. Like full power, no, yeah. no precision in his shot, shot. Like that's what would scare me with Barella on a on a shootout. Um, I wonder if Achebe would be an option as well. Yeah, you know what, Achebe probably wouldn't be a bad one. Yeah, I would. I, I can see that, but but I would feel good with my five. Now, if you're going to bring someone off the bench, let's say, uh, I would actually. <sighs> Aslani could probably do. He's not even the first one I would have thought of. I would have thought, you know, either Alexis or Arnautovic. Arnautovic, I from a mental standpoint, I want him as far away from that pressure situation. <laughs> As possible. Fair. Fair. Yeah. Alexis, but Alexis scares yeah, me. I agree. Alexis scares me in the sense that he I think he's like overly confident in himself. I wonder if Fratezi has ever taken a penalty. Mm. He has okay. two penalties scored, zero misses. On his Life career. on the line though, who's who's taking the penalty for you at Inter? Life on the line, it's Hakan. Oh, his two penalties came in the Primavera. Never mind. That doesn't count. Life on the line outside of Hakan? Outside of Hakan. (laughs) (laughs) Probably DiMarco. I was going to say the same thing. Like, if I needed someone to score, I'm I'm shocked. I want it so badly to be Lautaro. I want it so badly. I think everybody to be wants it to be Lautaro, but like I can't. At this point, it's it is, it is tough. All right. So anyway, he misses the penalty. You know that could be we something to keep an eye okay, on in the future. <laughs> we die. <laughs> uh, but Di Marco is there for the rebound, so we survive. Um, and uh, Di Marco said that the run that he was instructed to take came directly from Inzaghi, and he gave him all the credit on that. So. Just an interesting, so, you know. So Inzaghi was already expecting the miss. And yeah. He tells Di Marco to miss this run, but he was expecting the miss where it happened too. <laughs> it's like it's going to be a central that shot so to. <laughs> like you know, I didn't know he said that. Oh man, if I heard. But what that. a ge- what a genius though! What way to think ahead a little bit. <laughs> So you have such little faith in your striker taking penalties that you tell your wing back, hey, make this run, please. He's going to put it there. Karnasek, he's going to save it. You'll slot in the rebound. Uh, that's hilarious. That was, by the way, 
that was DiMarco's 10th goal contribution contribution of the season. Four goals, six assists, which I think leads all defenders. Why do people hate him? I don't get why Maybe people hate him. Maybe in Europe's top five. Because Patrick Kendrick's agenda. That's why. That, that snake. Dimash smash. Um, all right. So that happens in the 54th minute. Inter continues to, to dominate the game. We get some substitutions. And the second straight week of an Alexis delivery to Davide Fratesi to put it in. A beautiful header. A beautiful connection. Like just a real quick. You saw like before the play, Alexis was, you know, telling Fratesi where he wanted him. And um, he puts it away uh, at the near post. Fratesi, another one. What's which is that? Uh, That's his fourth goal in the league. That's his fourth goal, and he's had two assists. Four goals, I one, ass- one assist. So five contributions um, in, the, in league. the league. I actually okay. thought it. I thought it was more, but I think the the hype around the this Fratesi goal was that his his goals per minute is now just a shade over 100 minutes. So it's basically every other game that he, every other full game that he plays, he'll be getting a goal, which is a good return from a guy that you're taking off the bench. Um, a guy that has, you know, given interviews and said... More goals than Chiesa. More goals than Chiesa. A guy that's been giving interviews and saying, like, I know what I need to work on to become a more complete midfielder. Like, Barella came here, he was more of a, a trequartista, and he had to learn um, how to be a complete midfielder. I don't, you know, he's not upset that he's working behind Hakan, uh, Mickey, and Barella, that it's part of the learning experience. Basically saying all the right things and then delivering when we need him to. I think this is a player who has completely turned around the perception around him and maybe it was unfair um at the beginning for interisti who saw the price tag which if you really break it down is is not that much if you take into account like pinamonti and and mulatieri deals it's we're paying about eight million for a fratesi um i think he's done what he can in this limited time to to show that he can contribute it's in a different way than our other midfielders contribute but no one should be complaining about the fact that he's getting himself in dangerous position and, and scoring these goals. So happy to see that. Um, we'll talk about what happened to him afterwards. But also Sanchez, Sanchez has, has been lively since, uh, you know, since he's been making these appearances recently. How, how are you feeling about the lion, <laughs> the Chilean lion? Come on, you're turning around a little bit. He's been I'm, good. I'm not, turn, I'm not turn. He's been playing good. Yes, I'm not turning around about my feelings on him though. He's he's just not a player I like. God. And maybe uh, maybe it's because like in in Twitter spaces, people were talking about him like we're getting Sanchez from Udinese or from Barcelona days. That's not <laughs> close to true. People were saying it, bro. People were saying that this guy could be the third striker. This guy's this. This guy is still better than than whomever, you know. And all I remember him is getting bodied by Giroud and them scoring a goal that essentially helped them win a title too. So, uh, yeah, no, I just I don't. Hey, listen, great, great that you're playing better. Great that you're doing all these things. You're not someone I really like love. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he he makes it hard to love him, but I don't think that we can downplay like he's been giving us as much as we can expect from him. Um 
at this point in his career, like I said earlier, like I just I just like I like the contribution that he's been having uh, as of late. So you know, happy to see that he's continuing to play well and he gets on the uh, gets on the score sheet. Uh, for the rest of the game, you know, still domination from Inter, but nothing, uh, no crazy chances. The one other piece that we need to talk about is that Fratesi only played 11 minutes um, against Atalanta, was subbed on in the 62nd, brought off in the 73rd, felt something in his um, in his thigh, got pulled off. This We're recording this podcast a couple days after the game, so... Um, the recent update is that there were no exams that he went for and that he took part in individual training. So it doesn't look, if anything, like maybe he'll miss the Genoa game, but it, it looks like he could be back for that game as well. Probably not from the start, but at least an option off the bench. Um, so nothing to worry about. Although when it first happened, there was an initial like, oh shit, another one, another one bites the dust. I'm happy to see that for sure. Um, I do like all the things that he says about yeah becoming a complete midfielder. I love his work ethic. I love his attitude. Um, I was get, obviously giving him a hard time um, again because of Tony's love for him and and really for his love for Kiara Fratesi more so. But it's uh, it's great to see. You know, I mean, yes, I was in the camp that wanted. Um, Laser Samardovic over over Fratesi, <laughs> but um, yeah, the growth you know having a good Italian player come off the bench. I do. I never questioned his goal scoring prowess. It was just the rest of his game. But to hear those things, clearly he's working on them. Um, so yeah, you know, to have an impact like he had in only what eleven minutes on the pitch, and then having to leave unfortunately with an injury. I hope that, uh, yeah, it's nothing too serious. And like you said, it's just the, the Genoa game that he misses. Or maybe he could just yeah, be off the bench or something. I would rather just rest him, really. Like, Genoa is a team that we should be able to handle, even though I love their, their front line. Um, we should be able to, even though we drew with them 1-1, we should be able to, uh, to, to, to hopefully get the you know, maximum points there. So Another game at home as well yeah so that changes yeah makes things so much easier and better for us but yeah fratesi um get well soon brother so inter wins for nothing uh opens up a 12 point lead on top of the Serie A, um just barreling towards this second star which apparently again according to cultural pundit we don't care about or nobody cares about not even milan cares about the second star which is just yeah, a wild I'm sure they, thing they to don't say. care. You know, they had a nine-year head start on Inter in terms of winning titles, uh, and we're tied on titles. All of the, um, literally the whole entire summer was about the second star conversations from both Milan and Inter about it. But but no one cares. That's no the cares. important thing. No one cares. No one cares. Yes. Calcio, I mean, he's the Calcio pundit. He's the expert on all things Serie right. right. So... Uh, you know, I guess I could take a picture of myself sitting at a coffee shop reading Gazetta, and that'll make me look like a pundit as well. I might, right. I might have to to change my PFP. So knowledgeable, knowledgeable, and I'll, I'll just say, you know, I'll say semi knowledgeable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the key word here, or the key number, is eleven. Inter make it eleven straight victories in 2024, and they're also unbeaten 
in 11 meetings against Atalanta, who have suffered their first defeat in 11 matches. Would you look at that? Ooh. A little and there. nobody on the team currently wears number 11. Wow. <laughs> Is that true? That he used to be Correa, and he's not there anymore. So, Oh, he's not there anymore. Oh, yeah. I guess it is true. Um, all right, let's talk about these players. Should we start with uh, the spectator? Did he pay for? Can we just ticket? skip him? Can we just skip him? <laughs> let's just skip him. Well, do you want to talk about the the shot for Atalanta that let, that disallow goal? How he just parried it into the middle of the box. I mean, it it was dealt with a force where I don't know what else he could have. Well, yeah, where else it? would he, yeah? Where else would he put it? You know, if he tries to go too low, right, to go a little bit lower to push it up with the force that was behind it, probably hits his fingertips and literally maybe goes bar in. Into the net, yeah. I don't think he could have done anything else with that shot, personally. I don't think any goalkeeper looks at a shot that powerful and tries to catch either. No no goalkeeper that's sane tries to catch that. Yeah. (laughs) You know... Essentially, uh, yeah. it would have been the only every save that he could have made in that scenario would have been back into a danger area. That's how I feel. You know, I mean, uh, only thing that may, maybe he puts in a like further away from goal is if he tried to punch it. That's the only thing that I could think of. But yep, I don't think anybody would have thought to do that either. So. Yep, we can also, uh, another game with a clean sheet, um, we are barreling towards that record as well. I think we need just six more uh, to beat the record of clean sheets in Serie A, which he plays his part. Obviously, the defense is amazing, but, you know, the goalkeeper plays his part. And he was ninety. another game of over 90% um, passing accuracy, 45 out of 50. So you can't really ask for... Much more um, from our Swiss, our Swiss goalkeeper. Let's go to Bastoni. Bastoni had a, a really great game. I wish that Barella would have held that run a little bit, so he could have. Uh, okay, gotten... let's all blame Barella now. Let's <laughs> let's, let's pile on the, my favorite player, you, Julian, everybody. Let's all get on Barella. It's funny that you know I've noticed like the comments on Twitter after after we post our episodes, like someone always has a problem with like so us talking shit about like Mikitarian or Klassen or someone. It's like Somebody. we haven't talked we haven't spoken we it's we're just talking about the players. Like we're not saying that they're bad or that we don't want them in the team or anything like that. Even with the like Mikitarian hasn't scored in a while. Like we were pointing out that he hasn't scored in a while. No one said that he's shit. We actually both said that he's so important to the team. So it's like I don't even. Sometimes I'm I don't know what you guys are hearing, but um, it's interesting. I think the only player that still gets shit from us is probably Dumfries, but um, deservedly so. I mean, he's the most overrated, a, you know, Dutch player I've a, ever seen in my life. Agenda play right there. That might be an agenda play. It is. It is. Bastoni uh, actually led the team in touches, so he was super really? involved. Yeah, wow. and I think that I Wouldn't think that he's um, against Lecce. It was Augusto at, at left center back, right? Yeah, I think that partly the reason why Bastoni led the team in touches today is also because Aslani at Regista. That's a real safe option for for Aslani if they need to beat the press or anything like that. Like Bassoni's right 
right there with him, right? So he's like, it's a real Fair. safe option yeah. for him to play in. I think th- those two connected really well today. So Bastoni had himself a, a good game. Anything that you wanted to touch on with him? No, I mean, listen, obviously, you know, and everyone knows my complaints with him, but I definitely have seen an improvement in the defensive aspect of his game. And to have the most touches, yeah, like you said, he's a safe safe choice. He's, he is important. As, as much as I get on him and as annoyed I get with, with some things, um, he is a very important player to this team into the style that, that uh, Inzaghi wants to play. So, yeah, glad, happy happy to see that for sure. He was also 7 of 9 on long balls, which is, you don't see that's many center backs. center backs. Yeah. yeah, 7 of 9, that's... Yep. Like, you don't... I mean, you could probably find games where, where Pirlo wasn't even 7 of 9 from long passes. You know what I'm saying? Like, Yeah. Not saying this is the norm for Bastoni, and I'm not taking away from Pirlo, who's probably one of the... Not the, probably he is the greatest Italian midfielder of all time, but yeah, just saying like to do that as a defender is, is more impressive. That's all. Thank you. The uh, defensive stats were not great. He was he lost nine duels and he was dribbled past three times. Um, I didn't really notice a That's poor so game. Yeah, like normally I would yeah. notice like stuff like that and I would be bothered. I didn't notice that. <laughs> Yeah, so it didn't right. it didn't end up hurting us, but I guess the stats say that um, he could have been yeah, better. Yeah, maybe because Devry. didn't yeah scare me that I didn't really pay attention to it. So, Devry, um, another good game from him. Another ninety minutes from him. He's staring at his fourth straight game uh, with ninety minutes. If he does it against Genoa, which uh, is a huge huge lift for this team in a time where Acerbi is down, ninety six percent passing accuracy. Uh, one successful dribble, four passes into the final third, which is a, a good number for our center center back. So, um, another great who's, game. Who's for, been better, uh, him or Achebe? Who's been better? If you took all of Devrai's minutes outside of Salernitana, um where I think he had a poor game, but if you took all of his minutes and just compiled them together, it almost looks like one of, if not the best season of his career. I think this team is probably still better with Acerbi in it, just from a um, circulating the ball standpoint, but this has been one of Devrai's the best years of his career. I, I've actually liked what I've seen from Devrai more than what I've seen from Acerbi, to be honest. I think I might I might just prefer Devrai as a player. I think I would agree with you. And it's not that I don't like Achebe. I think Achebe's been phenomenal, but I think I just I just feel safer with Devrai. And maybe it's because he has a little more pace than Achebe. But I feel like if somebody does get past him, he's able to recover better. Um yeah, that's it's tough. It's tough for sure because yeah, Chetty's been great this year as well. But I think yeah, I think I kind of do lean Devrai. Yeah, he's just I think he's a more I think he's a better defender, um, which I like that for my center center back. But obviously, Chetty's distribution is good, but Devrai's is not bad um, as we've seen all year. So props to the Dutchman. Benji Pavard, 90 minutes out of him. 
after he gets uh, a full rest against Lecce. Bissek came in well. Pavard actually was the one. I think I misspoke. Pavard got the assist for Lautaro's goal. It was not DiMarco who played uh, the ball across. He was 43 out of 45 on passing for 96% pass accuracy. Created the one chance. Um, less involved in the final third than he has been recently. I think we did a lot more of our play through the left-hand side. But it's this is like kind of the conversation that we have with all of these players like week in and week out at this point. It's like... They've all been just super solid. Like there's been – we've been saying like, okay, this guy was super solid. This guy was amazing. This guy was super solid. This guy was amazing. Pavard, another like just great performance. Like it's nothing – there's nothing really you can say um, bad about him. So this is – so I'm having trouble finding interkits, right? I've been trying to get the home kit this year. The away kit, the third kit. The third kit I actually could get through Inter, but I don't want to get it if I can't get the other two. So I, I know that's kind of petty, but I've decided for next season already the home kit I'm getting, the away kit I'm getting, and if we have a third, who I'm getting. And Pavard is is in there. Like He is going to be one of the guys. I feel like he's just such an incredible signing. I'm so happy we were not able to get Balogun so happy we were not able to get Skamaka, who I wanted. I, I thought Skamaka would be perfect in this team to be the third striker. My goodness, seeing him with Atalanta and hearing the things that Gasperini has said about him, whew, shots fired. And I'm just happy we dodged that bullet. And I'm happy that Marotan Auxilio didn't break and just overpay to get one of them in and just like panic buy. Although you could say he, they panic bought Arnautovic because we didn't get a striker. But I would much... Interisti, ask yourself this question. Would you rather have um, Skamaka or Balogun as your third striker and Darmian always as right center back or have Marco Arnautovic as your third striker but know you have Benji Pavard there as the right center back? That's how you have to look at it. So for the people that complain about Marco Arnautovic, well, if you don't want him and we didn't get him, the only guy we could have got for that same price range and still got um, Pavard is Retegi, which I don't think we would have done as much as I wanted him. I don't think we would have gotten him. And I don't think our management group and Inzaghi would have had the faith in him to be the third striker, no matter how good he's looking and how much he's improved. So... You don't want Arnautovic? Well, then you probably don't get Pavard. Like, let's let's think about that. So, you know, Huyan, yeah. you you said you you at you said, oh, how are you know Johnny Alessandro going to defend Arnautovic? Okay, well there you go, boom, shots fired right back at you, buddy. You you don't like Arnautovic, then you don't like Pavard either. What well, I, I don't even know what there is to not like about. Arnautovic's game today, like he was, it, it wasn't good. I mean, he's going I mean, off. It ratings. wasn't. It wasn't bad. Yeah, yeah, mean, he, yeah. He's he's just showing us a foot mob rating, which I don't really, I, I don't pay attention to because I, 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 I don't even know where they come up with the numbers. Really? Why yeah. Like, uh, well, why don't we transition to talking about the forward? So, um, well, hold ninety on, minutes. We're not, done, we're not done with Pavar. We're not done with Pavar. Oh, we're not done with Pavar. Oh, I'm not done. I'm not. I'm not backing off. Go, go, go. Benji Pavard. I mean, the best $30 million I think any team, any team in Europe spent last summer. I don't think anybody got a better signing for the money 
than we did with Benjamin Favard. Unless you want to go with free transfers and then you could throw in Marcus Taram. But if you're talking about actually spending $30 million or more, nobody got a better player than we did. And that just shows our management is unbelievable at identifying players that fit this system that can come right in right away and do a job. The options that that 30 um, was looking to be spent on were Lukaku, Skamaka, Balogun, and I think that's it. Or maybe Wahi, but I don't think that that was ever really serious. I don't, yeah, I don't think so either. Pavard is clearly the best, the, the world-class player out of those those uh, players. Like He's clearly the best one. There's really nothing... We signed a world-class player in the summer. Not many squads in Serie A did that. There were a lot of, like, you know, Milan spent a lot of money on a number of different players, but we bought the world-class player that fits into every side. Every side in the world wants him. You don't think Bayern is, would <laughs> You don't think Manchester United wish needs? they had Pavard? Yeah. I wish, I want him to get on the score sheet because he deserves it. Um he really, he's gonna he's score the only. You know what? You think he scores in the in the Wanda? No, no. I was gonna say he scores in the Milan Derby to win us the title. Wow! You're gonna take away Hakan's storybook I'm moment. It, I'm gonna put it out there. I'm not saying he's gonna score the winner, but I'm gonna sk- say he scores in the game that wins us the title. I'm gonna. I think Hakan's gonna, go... gonna have a 30 yard screamer that game because I think he's just gonna be shooting all day. Nobody's getting a pass from Hakan that game. He's no, firing. They're actually not. They're actually he's not. The only the shot. only passes that he's gonna play are like uh, one two. Give and like goes. Play, yeah, play it like, right, back, like, give to it back to me. Like, give it right, right back. back to me. <laughs> Before he even p- plays the ball, he's like, right back. Yeah, he's already waving him to. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> um. Yeah. So. Benji, I hope he scores. I hope he scores against uh, Atletico. I want to see it now. I want to see it now. All right, let's transition to the forwards, um, and then we'll get into everybody else. Just because you brought up Abnatovich, uh, he wasn't. I don't know what what people are watching. Like I, I'm perfectly positive that there are people. Again, it's like agendas, and you want to see like bad play, whatever. Like Abnatovich was perfectly fine. He had a lot of good link up in the first half. He kind of disappeared in the second half. He had a lot of good link Not up kinda. in the first he half. Did dis- he did disappear. In the okay, he disappeared half. in the which second is, half. Which is, but- I mean, I mean, not fine, but it's like. What do you expect? He's not. He wasn't playing the not, ball. How many times have we seen the Inter strikers disappear for periods of time? Like, that sometimes the, the play is not running through you. Like, he, he. The only fuck up that I really saw him do was he got a counterattack and. He had some space and he was running at the defender and he, he like, you know, hesitated in his mind and dribbled right into the defender. But outside of that, I mean, it was 86% passer rating. That's fine. I'll take 86. Yeah, that's not bad at all. He. All right. He was fine. He had no shots on target. Yeah, It wasn't his <laughs> best game, <laughs> like, but I, I didn't see anything to really kill him for. Other players were involved. I, I don't know. Lautaro was very involved. You know, Damian and Di Marco were very involved. Mikitarian was very involved. Like, it just, it wasn't running through him. It's fine for me. I don't know. It's fine. I give him a yeah, six I and mean, a half. It, it is what it is. Who cares? 
Yeah, it, it's. I don't know. I don't know what you expect. You know, to me, he's still doing better than anything Korea was doing personally. But what? Without question, Korea was actively, actively like fucking shit up. Actively fucking shit up. And I guess yeah, Arnautovic he, has at times actively fucked shit up. But yes, yes, uh, yeah. But like it, Korea was doing it consistently, week in and week out. Um, uh, Lauti, I mean, what more can we really say? Um, 68 minutes played, which I think is one of the best parts. One of my favorite parts about this game is that, um, he had 68 minutes. I think there were a number of players. DiMarco only played 69. Nice. Mikitarian only played 62. You know, it's like we got some some big boppers, you know, some minutes in their legs, and then we're able to take them off, which is honestly my favorite part. Uh, one goal on four shots. Um, 50% passing rate, 12 out of 24. Not great, but in those 12 passes, he created three chances, missed the penalty. And, um, yeah, he's on, what is it, 20... 23 goals and two assists in 24 matches in Serie A. So he has a, a shade over a goal contribution every single game this year. Mm. Mm. That's tough. I want him to break Cheeto's record. I really do. I don't know if it's going to be possible, but I want him to. Just because of some things that Sean McIntosh said to me. So... So I think somebody tweeted that at this stage in those respective seasons, Cheeto was already on 27, Higuain was mm. already on 26, and Ooh. Lautaro was on 23. Mm. So by no means is it out of reach. Um, you think you obviously you think that he would have a better shot when Turam comes back into the team because he'll create space for him. Yeah. More than Arnautovic and Alexis will. So, um, yeah. And if he also wasn't missing penalties, then that would be helping his his charge towards that. I think he could still do it. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep holding out hope. Okay. All right. Let's touch on the wing backs. Darmian gets 46 minutes tonight. Gets pulled in the second half because he was on a yellow, um, which is the obvious. One goal. Two shots, uh, 91% passing, um, one big chance missed, which, you know, was was uh, what we already talked about. Uh, I think, again, like I said earlier, I think he can't play week in and week out all the time, 90 minutes. I think it's just not he's, – he's older. Um, so when he gets to play in these spurts, and really give it everything that he has. I think he plays his best. Um, happy with what I saw from him today. Also, good to have him on the score sheet. I haven't seen that in a while. Um, he always does the same celebration, like the arms wide out, running towards the corner flag. So it was good to see. Happy with uh, Matty Darms today. Uh, not today, a few days ago. Yeah, no, I, we'll just say the same thing. <laughs> uh, DiMarco. 69 minutes, one goal, four shots. Jesus, four shots. Um, 81% passing. I think one of the more interesting um, things to point out here, five touches in the opposition box, which is really good for a wingback. 
um, but he was one for five on accurate crosses. So, um, you know, one of those games. But top-notch game for him. He remains in Europe, one of the best wingbacks in Europe. An absolute must to go to Euro 24. Good game for him. Absolute. Uh, I mean, yeah, one of my favorite players. This guy, uh, only thing I hope that he, he really fixes is his passing percentage. Um, you know, you don't want, especially given his lack of defensive prowess, to be put in situations where you're you're turning the ball over and then you're boom, you're you're hitting the counter and he's not the fastest to be able to gain on people, not the strongest defender. But going forward, unbelievable player. The goal, awesome. I love that he's always willing to take shots as well. Uh, his delivery on corners and crosses, amazing. I mean, you know, his left foot, you could, you know, like Nima says, it's like a cheat code. And uh, yeah, got another great 69 minutes from, from Feather. Do you um, do you sit him against Genoa for the full 90 so that he gets uh, as much rest as possible before I let it go? I guess we do have Bologna before, so he could sit that game, but I'd rather him play. I would rather see... I think Genoa's a good Carlos if I'm game. Co- if I'm, if I'm a manager for the day, I'm putting Augusto at left center back mm-hmm. and TJ at left wing back. Wow. For that game. Full I'm, trying to, I'm trying to rest Bastoni and Di Marco for Bologna. Okay. That that would be me. Is it going to happen? Absolutely not. We know Buchanan is not starting. No. Um, but like I would rather, like, yeah, give him a chance. Worst case scenario, worst case, Buchanan is underwhelming, doesn't perform well, whatever. You take him off at 55, 60 minutes, and you let you know, Di Marco get a little 30-minute in there. And then, you know, you or you, or if you want, you know, you could put um take Buchanan off, move Augusto up to left wing back, and then throw on B sec at left center back. Although he might even just be played at right center back for that game. I mean, so we'll see. But Yeah, I think there's gonna be heavy rotation. I think so as well. Against Genoa, because I think they're gonna take Bologna and uh Atletico seriously. Um Especially because Bologna is the away game, so it's like especially since Bologna's had our number this season. We've had our they've had our number. They're the away game. They sit in fourth Thiago place. Tiago Mota is the best the best uh, coach in Serie A. And Tiago Mota, <laughs> he's heard us on several occasions. So, um, I mean, both, he is. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> both Carlos and Denzel uh, make appearances. Um, Carlos got 21 minutes, uh, six for six on uh, on his passing. A solid performance. I don't remember him doing. He had a shot on goal as well. I don't remember him doing anything uh, crazy for Dumfries. He had forty-five minutes. I do remember him doing something crazy, which was the mistake that led to an elastico, but it wasn't really an elastico. It wasn't an elastico. Please <laughs> stop saying this. My goodness, that that's something I do playing. You know, in in my my men's league on the weekends, I do that. Someone manipulated the footage to make it look like yeah, it, and it was. Yeah, it was Huyan. Huyan just doctored <laughs> evidence to make him look like he's better than he actually is. 
listen, if you want, go ahead, do that, and then send the video to to Ten Hag, and uh, yeah, we'll take forty five million. Thank you. He was but, good. Um, he was. He was, he was good. But, he, but he, it wasn't an elastico. So it wasn't an elastico. But he got his shot off. He. Uh, hold on one second. I'm about to sneeze. It's almost there. Oh, never mind. Um, def- <laughs> never mind. Boom. That that worked out perfectly. Also, uh, fun fact: if you ever do, you just if you just like hold your nose, it'll stop the sneeze. It will. Just because yeah. you're not letting anything into your nose, I yep. guess. All right. Well, thanks for the uh, the heads up. I could have used that about sixty seconds ago. Hey, you know what, man? I didn't know you were actually gonna, you know, fake a sneeze and then actually sneeze. So sneezing, hiccups, you'll hear it all on this podcast. Um, this guy defensively, has the immune system of <laughs> I don't even know, bro. But this he's struggling. It has been a rough couple of months. It has. His tummy hurts. Lie. This and that. I mean, you know, just always, always coming up with something. This guy. I'm holding my nose right now because I have another one. Uh, three recoveries, four defensive actions, two interceptions, one clearance. Defensively, he looked good today as well. So, not yeah. today. Minkia. Um, all right. That's the wingbacks. We also didn't touch on Alexis, but he was the other forward that came in. Who cares? He was, he was good. Yeah, he was good. An sure. assist, and he was good. Um, 90 minutes for two of the starting three midfielders today. Nicolo Barella. Uh, one shot, eighty-six percent passing. Um, best midfielder in the world, hundred percent. Best midfielder in the world. The stats don't look great. The from what I remember of the the game, um, I thought he was he was really good. Like I thought he, uh, I thought it was really involved in terms of like getting upfield and and getting into attacking positions, making himself available. Obviously. You know those runs um, to get spotted by Bastoni. This wasn't like a set the world on fire performance, but I thought he was he was pretty good. Yeah, no, I agree. You know, I mean, compared to what he did against Atleti, um, sure, you could say like a step down, but that does. I'm not saying it was like a bad game by any means. Um, you know, I'm, I'm listen. If he's gonna be turning up for the big ones and and just doing you know, good like he like he did in these, I'm okay with that. Like I want you to be the best player on the pitch when we go up against the best competition. Um so yeah, I mean listen, he he, he rarely disappoints me, so I'm I'm just happy with him. Uh Aslani. Another another, another step solid, in the right direction. Yeah, another solid performance. Uh listen, obviously what he's learning, like he said, he's been been speaking a lot with Hakan, uh, trying to soak up as much information as he can from him and, and, and take his tips. And he's, he's, it looks like he's been applying those things. That's great. That's what you want to see. You want your young guys to learn from the veterans who have been doing it and doing it at a high level consistently for, for years. And uh, yeah, happy for, for him to, to be continued to taking these steps. And who knows, maybe next year it's an even bigger leap forward for him. So keep it up, Christian. I'm happy... With the 90 minutes, he led the team in passing accuracy, 75 out of 77, which is really, really good. It wasn't, I think part of the reason why he got to that total was that he wasn't as aggressive with his passing. Like it definitely felt like he was playing a little safer today. He only had three passes into the final third. So, you know, he wasn't really like going for it and trying to kill Atalanta on the counter 
But I think that that's part of like the maturation process of like, you know, you don't have to, you can play this kind of game where it's just safer and you can, you know, we saw Bastoni was seven and a nine on long balls. Like he was kind of giving up the, you know, that, that responsibility onto Bastoni. He didn't need to do it today. Um, I think that this is all really positive from him. I think the one thing that I noticed that wasn't great was on the Atalanta disallowed goal in the 11th minute, whatever, Pavard had the ball and had asked Christian to come into the center to retrieve it. Christian didn't understand what he was saying. Pavard plays the ball across and um, it ends up being stolen by an Atalanta player. So... Um, there was a miscommunication between Aslani and Bassoni on that one. So again, it's like familiarity, but um, I can't really ask for more from him in these these appearances that these opportunities that he's been getting. Mikitarian, sixty two minutes today, one assist, ninety one percent accurate passing, thirty one out of thirty four, two chances created. Um, he was good today. I thought I would have loved to see him put away that that pass from Lautaro because it was a, a freaking awesome uh, through ball for him. It was a little bit too too tight. Uh, Karaneseki did well to come out of his uh, net to stop him. But um, Mickey was really good. And another one that I'm happy, like the last two games, this one and against Lecce, he gets to, <laughs> he gets to sit down for a little bit and doesn't have to give the full 90. So I see Mickey's performance today as, as an absolute win. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Uh, Mickey continues to just be, you know, a solid performer. Um, like we said last week, we just hope that, you know, the goals will, will be, be added, uh, or at least improve finishing, you know, but Hey, you know, I, I guess, I guess technically it is improved finishing cause he got it on target. Normally he skies that. Like, That's net, true. So. That's true. Uh, step in the right direction either way. Um, and then the last couple of midfielders to come on Fratezi, we talked about him. Uh, he only got. 11 minutes today. Mm-hmm. Um, Klaassen comes on in the 73rd. And f- again, I, I don't know who wants to come after me on Twitter for this. I don't remember him doing anything. Um, played 17 minutes. It was 9 out of 9 on passing. So 100% pass accuracy. Looks like he could- unnoticeable player. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't remember him. That's the thing. I just don't. I don't remember him, but again, he's eating minutes for this team, which, you know, every, every team has their, their roles, like the roles that everyone has to play. And, um, I think he's playing his fine, you know, just eat minutes. Don't do anything that puts us in danger. And, uh, it is what it is. All right. Um, you want to talk a little bit about Bellanova here? Cause it's been a, a bit of a debate on social and I want to give our takes on it. Let's do it. Okay, so Belanova, in order to purchase him, Johnny's holding up a, a Belanova, Belanova card rookie right card. Now. Rookie card. It's pretty awesome. Um, in order to redeem Belanova this summer, I think it would have been an $8 million uh, clause that we would have had to pay. Correct. Which we, di- we didn't. Um, so here's the thing. People are saying that this was a mistake that Inter didn't go through with this in order to to get Belanova. Okay, I'll make my case for why I don't think it was a mistake. Um, 
one, the reason that you are saying these things is because Bellanova is playing really, really well right now. He's playing really, really well right now because he has been the starter at right wing back for Torino all year. All year, he's played. He's been the number one choice under Juric the whole year. He's made this jump because he has had the opportunity to make the jump. The best thing for Belanova, the best thing for the player, was to move to Torino and get, get the minutes and get the, the opportunity. That wasn't going to happen at Inter. It just wasn't. He wasn't going to play over Darmian. Don't freeze, we weren't able to sell. If we were able to sell him, then it's a different story. Then if it was only Belanova, if we were able to sell Dumfries and we could, you know, redeem Belanova and, and Darmian, and then eventually, you know, Belanova overtook Darmian and started playing like this, that would have been the best case scenario, but that's not what was what was going to happen. If we redeemed Belanova, he would be playing slightly more than what he played last year. And we would not be seeing this Bellanova. That's just the truth. Like, I understand missing out on a talented player for what feels like a low price, only 8 million euros. You know, I get it. And and don't get me wrong here. I would love for him to be on Inter. I would love for him to be on Inter. Unfortunately, the best thing for him was to go to Torino. And now he's, you know developed into a great player you would have loved that it would have happened here but you have to take into account torino and inter are in different places way different places like we're fighting for a title i don't think inzaghi is giving belanova the opportunity to mature as a player while we're going for a second star no darmian and dumfries were gonna play over him Absolutely. And then you spent $8 million for a player who's not getting that many minutes. Look how many minutes Quadrado was getting. Those were going to be Bellanova's minutes. And they didn't pay anything for Quadrado to get those minutes. Oh, but now you did it for Buchanan. Yeah, because you jumped on a market opportunity because your expectation is that you're selling uh, uh, Don't Freeze in the summer. If you could have bought Bellanova for what you paid for Tejan in January, they would have done that. But now his price is different. I understand saying missed opportunity because we could have had a potentially very good player who I think is a, has become a really good player for only $8 million. But you also have to take circumstances into account. Like You have to take circumstances into account. This isn't a matter of losing Kovacic or Coutinho. Like It just wasn't the right timing for him. It just wasn't the right timing for him. At Inter, at least. I am... You can read my tweets. I'm a big Bellanova guy. Big Bellanova guy. I don't think it was... I, I don't think it was necessarily a mistake. I think, honestly, the best thing for the player was to go to Torino and become the player that he is. Was it the best thing for Inter? I don't know. Like, well, Let's see how much money we can get for Dumfries this summer. And let's see what becomes of Tejan Buchanan. Then you'll have your answer. I don't agree with saying, you know, we fucked this one up. That's, that's my take.
All right, ladies and gentlemen, here is why Alessandro is wrong. Can you can you at here least acknowledge, is. like, may, you know, maybe say good points, this, this, that? No, I'm just flat out fucking wrong. Just flat out wrong. Because okay. here, here. All right. <clears throat> Bellanova would have cost $8 million, like you said. I, I agree with the fact that, yes, Darmian and Dumfries were ahead of him in the pecking order. He probably wouldn't have had as many minutes. Now... You brought up Cuadrado, right? Cuadrado was signed because we didn't bring in Belanova. You wouldn't have had Cuadrado blocking him had we signed Belanova. What? Dumfries gets hurt. What happens? Darmian has to start playing right wing back exclusively. Like just over and over again, he's in there. Don't you think that they would have actually thrown Belanova out there? Instead of instead of that, and allowed you know, or at least rotated. Maybe not throwing him out there, but I rotated. But so that had a play. The difference, the difference there is like that is what until Dumfries comes back. That was what six, seven games, as opposed to at Torino, he's he's played twenty five games. Fair, fair, fair point. Worst case scenario, you could have bought him, loaned him to Torino. Because they do play a similar system that then that what Inzaghi plays, so he still gets these minutes. But now you have him under your control. So now that's that's still a market opportunity. Somebody now you're seeing teams from the EPL are supposedly interested in him. So you on an eight million dollar investment for a club that struggles to make money, you could have made twenty five, thirty five million from Aston Villa. You could have gotten it from West Ham. Oh, I forgot who else they said. I think it was Villa and, and somebody else could have come in and bought the player from you. All because of what they're seeing. That is the only... That is the argument. I, I think that you're absolutely 110% correct on that. My only thing is like, would... Would that have impacted our spend last summer if we had $8 million essentially going to... You know, here, enjoy your season. We'll see you next next season. I agree with you. That actually would have been the ideal. That actually I mean, would have been the, the ideal. Yes, uh, I mean, who knows? Yeah, I, I get what you're what you're saying there as well. And we probably don't sign TJ in January. So yes, there's there's a lot of factors that could have gone into it. But it's just funny that you could have had a player for eight million. And I'm not saying that I think Belanova is automatically better than Buchanan. You know, I, I do think Belanova going to the EPL would be a massive mistake. But if the money's there, good good to Torino for 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 making that. And who knows, Buchanan could be this huge, huge, you know, leap in, in the summer. And then we have a player that's a $70 million player, you know, like we don't know. So it would have been nice to have the ability to have both of them on each wing because it looks like Buchanan's being deployed more so on the left side than the right. Wouldn't that have been nice? So you have DiMarco starting and you could rotate either... Buchanan on the left or right, and then Belanova also on the right. Like that would have been awesome, awesome to have. No, I think it's like the biggest miss ever, a massive mistake. No, I don't. Did I want him to stay? Yes. Did I also want Andrea Cambiaso? Yes. Did I want Cambiaso more than I wanted Belanova when we were going after, but rumored to be interested in both? Yes, because I liked the versatility that Cambiaso offered. But you know, I mean, do I wish we had him? Yeah, like I, I do wish we had Raul Belanova. Um, I thought I I love guys with blistering pace. I love guys that can just beat their man for on pure speed. He may lack some technical aspects. His crossing's definitely gotten better, which we a could I better. think I think anyone 
who watches Serie A would agree that his crossing is better than what we currently have in Denzel Dumfries and even Darmian. That's fair. I don't think anybody would disagree with that. And what do what do we complain about most weeks is the the lack of good service coming in from the right side. So it would have been nice to have that plus the pace, plus with the way that we've been able to work on the counter and with the way Turam has been able to get open and be able to take on man. Like imagine if he had that, like it could have been what we were seeing with Lukaku and Hakimi on that right side, except both guys are faster. Well, maybe not Belanova faster than Hakimi, but Turam certainly is faster than Lukaku. I mean, it could have been a massive weapon, especially in Europe, with the way teams play more open at the back, as opposed to what we see in Serie A. I mean, that could have been huge. Now, I agree. I don't. I don't think Belanova would have been getting the minutes that he is getting. One hundred percent. I don't think he would have been getting the opportunities. I don't think that he would have been relied upon in Europe as much, even though he did get that one start against Bayern, which I thought was so unfair to throw him in that game. But it is what it is. I just think it could have been a great opportunity to make a pro like those are the kind of signings that we need to make where you buy someone cheap eight to 12 million, let's say, and then you're able to flip them for three, four times that. Yeah. That's what you got to look at when you're at Inter. Cause like with the way we are, unfortunately, financially, we're not, we're not the, the Inter from the nineties where we, we could buy every elite striker, throw them out there whenever we feel like, and, and then not have anything in the midfield and the defense though. But, you know, like it, it is a different model. It's kind of like what Dortmund does, where they find these these diamonds in the rough, they turn them into you know phenomenal things, and then they make a hundred million dollars. Like that's the kind of things and signings I want to be able to do. Uh, and yeah, you know, I mean, we have more success in our league than those teams have in theirs. But yeah, I also Dor- think that Dortmund also hasn't won a title in like since, ten years since Klopp. Yeah. Um, but they do make fantastic signings. It's just that Bayern's Bayern, you know, like I, I think the scenario that you're describing with Bellanova, where you did spend the 8 million and then send him to Torino and to bring him back. I think that, I don't know if you've seen like the financials that have come out recently. Um, they've been on Gazetta and stuff, but with the sponsorship, revenues like increasing drastically um with the champions league the european revenues the club world cup stuff with the potential scudetto win inter's financial outlook next year or this upcoming summer is drastically different than what it was last last summer Mm -hmm. so i think that what you're describing may be the scenario that we are coming into um you know, where it, it sucks to have lost out on a player like Bergvall to Spurs. Because, like, we absolutely could have made that signing this summer, done that same thing where maybe, you know, we loaned him out to Torino or someone. Bologna, imagine Bergvall, you know, <sighs> at Bologna next year. Like, that, and that then bring him been. back into the fold. It feels like we are going to be in that position next summer. It feels like last summer... Um. I there's, think the whole there's Lukaku's- a few guys. Sorry, there's a there's a few guys in at Boca, at River Plate that they're rumored to be interested in from the midfield. That if we can get one, maybe two of them, and then loan them to a team like a Genoa, like a Bologna, and watch them grow, and I would then love now us we got to like a fifty, sixty into, million dollar player. Like I would love to dip back into South America because we have to. We, we have, have to start going back to South America. Like we like the fact that we had Julian Alvarez and Enzo Fernandez like locked, locked up. and loaded. Like and then we just didn't weren't able to pull the trigger on either one of them. Like 
I would have been fine selling Enzo Fernandez after six months for $115 million. Like, I, the fact that, they, that, that Benfica went in with a $15 million investment and made $100 million six months that's later. Crazy. That's insane. That's insane. Crazy. And I would be fine with that. Like, I would not have been upset. Like, yes, I would have liked to have seen, especially a player of his caliber, more at Inter. But then you could take that $100 million and you can invest in so many different spots, with, especially with the way that we are. I mean, we you could have set up your future for the next five, six, seven years if we were able to do something like that. And that's that's what I want. Like, I, I mean, obviously, I would like to see a guy like that stay at Inter for longer than six months. But $100 million is $100 million, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's it's an interesting discussion. I think at the end of the day, like, would I love to have Belanova on the team? Yeah, I I really, really would. Um, but it's worked out for him. And it's like, we're on top of the league. <laughs> so it's like, not like we can say like, oh, missing out on him was a, a huge detriment. It wasn't. And we also have to see how TJ plays out. Um but but to your point earlier, like Belanova on the right, he's 23 years old. TJ on the left, he's 24 years old. That could have been five, six years of terror, like absolute terror for, for defenses because both of those guys are ready and willing to take their man on. And we have the players to, to put put chances away, so... Yeah, it's an interesting, interesting call. Interesting call. Interesting discussion. 100%. All right, you have an update uh, cards-wise for yeah. our so listeners? We're What's gonna, on the docket? We'll, we'll, we'll put a poll out. We'll see if they either want two rookie cards, two treble winners, two current starters, or two, I don't know what I would call these, but like, I guess legends. two, not legends. I mean, they're X's one, one current one X. Okay. We'll see. We'll see who wins. Yeah. The rookie cards, the treble winners, two current starters, uh, X and current. <laughs> okay. All right, and next time we see Inter, it will be on Monday. Uh, let me see here when exactly they're playing. It's going to be 245. Monday, 2.45. Yeah. All right. And then Saturday, so we're two weeks away from Atletico. Yeah. I would love to pick up points against both Genoa and Bologna so that that Napoli game after Atletico can be a little bit of a rotation. We'll see how, how it goes. We'll see how it goes. Okay. Anything else? You good? I'm good, man. All right. In the words of the great Roberto Scarpini, Forza ragazzi, Forza ragazzi, Forza ragazzi. Forza ragazzi.